Hello, hello, everyone. We are so excited to bring you this special episode ahead of our season three premiere. April and I thought it was important enough to make a standalone episode for this exciting new organization that we are becoming a part of, but also wanting to share with you all because of how important it is. So this episode features interviews with three co-founders of an organization called Roots to Revolution, which is an online history course. The company was founded by three women, uh, Jillian Gaeta, Kat Lum, and Kimberly Jerome. We will be speaking with them momentarily, but it's basically a history course that isn't whitewashed, that just tells the true, honest story of American history, and it's open to everyone. It just seems really great, so we're excited. In our conversation, we go through a lot of what folks who sign up for the class can expect. We will talk about how the founders got into this amidst of everything that's you know going on in the world right now now, being everyone doing everything via Zoom and online. It's just really an exciting conversation. We're eager to for you all to hear it and know that you will be interested in signing up for the course. So we're, uh, we're excited to share. So I guess, well, April, we'll take a little break and then when we come back, we'll have our conversation with uh, Jillian Gaeta, Kat Lum, and Kimberly Jerome of Roots to Revolution. Sounds good to me. So we are here with the founding members of Roots to Revolution, Jillian, Kat, and Kim. Thank you so much for joining us, you three. Thanks for having us. We are, April and I are so interested to uh, talk with you all about this organization that you founded and the sort of aims that you hope to, to sort of strive for as you move along. The sort of broad strokes of this is that it's an online teaching course, uh, online class history class for adults. Um, I was wondering if you guys could each go through and give us your background of how you sort of came to this professionally, but also tell us sort of what you do for the organization and and sort of your role and and how you hope that can sort of contribute to your your goals moving forward. Yeah, thanks, Jonathan. This is Jillian. So I, I grew up in Brooklyn and New Jersey, and um, I've been an educator since 2007. I started out in the South Bronx and been a history teacher for the last 13 years. Um, and I've always believed that history is a powerful tool for activism. And if all of us knew more about history in this country, we'd love each other a little bit more. We would heal more and move forward as a nation. And I've been involved with Black Lives Matter since 2014. Um, one of my students came to school. She lived in Staten Island and um, lived in the same neighborhood as Eric Gardner. And she was extremely distressed that day. Um, she normally was a super excited kid and just was in shock. And it hit home for me in that moment that police brutality was really close to me um, and it was really close to people I loved. And you know, I got really involved in activism beyond just being a teacher. And this summer when George Floyd was killed and Breonna Taylor was killed and murdered, I felt like people were asking to me um, how they could do something. And they didn't understand how we got to this point in history. Um, they were confused. And so um, I posted online um, a stack of books that people should read about history. And one of my friends said to me, can you give me the cliff notes of all those books? And I said, well, if I start a class about the history of American racism, would you join? And she said, yes. So I made a Google form thinking like 10 people would sign up for this class. Um, and in two days, I got 200 people um, with interest in the course. And that's 
I knew that I needed to get more great educators involved on the team. Um, and I wanted people like me who see history not just as a set of facts, but a story that needs to be told in a way to move towards activism. And, and that's how I found you know, my way to Kim and Kat because we taught together in the past and I knew that they were beautiful, passionate women um, inside and out who wanted to make, you know, change in America. And so, you know, the three of us connected and and started Roots to Revolution and, and we're calling it Roots to Revolution because we believe that if, you, if we all know our roots, um, that we can be better activists and that both of those things need to be um, together. I love hearing that every single time. This is Kat. <laughs> I'm Kat, I'm very born, second generation, Chinese-American. Um, yeah, my purpose, honestly, is just to use my experiences also as an educator, a uh, former history teacher, to build community across lines of difference, uh, really with the purpose of fighting systemic racism and ultimately building equity, any community that I'm in. Um, and I think this really stems from growing up, my identity as an Asian-American. Um, my experience is therefore as a person of color, but who also grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood. Um, and I just found myself spending a lot of time kind of navigating that in-between space. And so my experience as an educator, oh my gosh, they've been a journey. Um, you know, one that has been inspired by my teachers and mentors who I'm still very much connected to. I started with a community center class when I was in high school, teaching speeches to awesome middle school students you know, made my way into Breakthrough Collaborative, where I did a lot of student teaching in my college summers. And then I met up with Jillian and taught high school history for six years here in Brooklyn, training educators as well. And now I'm just so pumped to get into this new landscape, um, not only of adult education, but also online. Um, and so, yeah, I think like I'm here really because, you know, I want to leverage my identity. Um, as an Asian American to really empower um, my primarily black and brown students I'm usually working with um, and now adults to identify their own strengths, um, figure out their own purpose and use that knowledge to make uh, meaningful, intentional change in their community. Uh, I'll turn it over to Kim. Thanks, Kat. I think if, I, don't, I could not imagine being here because I look at Jillian and I look at Kat and now we're here. I just, I truly can't believe it. We, I remember um, Jillian texted me in May and was like, Kim, I want you to teach this class with me. 200 people have signed up and I just know that you're the best person to do this. Being born and raised in Brooklyn and going to a PWI, graduating um, from an institution where I was the only black woman um, graduating with a degree in history and teaching alongside white men um, over and over and over. And I just knew, okay, this is my calling. This is what I'm going to do. And I remember my role with activism really began when Mike Brown was murdered. And I remember that Mike Brown and I are born in the same year. And he graduated the same year that I graduated high school. And that is when I knew that Mike and I are no different. And mm. the country saw Mike Brown and I the same way. And that is when I knew, like, I really needed to go into teaching. I really needed to make a difference. And I knew that teaching was the way that I can reach all different types of people. I can reach all the kids who make change in this world. And at one point, 
teaching kids is, is just not enough. You need to, you need to move to adults. And I'm so grateful that we have Roots to Revolution and we get to do this online and we need, we get to um, teach people across four different countries. Here we are now creating amazing organization where we are creating activists. Yeah. So thankful for that. It's it's crazy. Now uh, we've taught I've taught kids from um, ages well people from ages ten to seventy two, um, and it's just it's incredible. <laughs> uh, we have twenty four different states represented in the course, and and people of all different ages are connecting, and it's it's really exciting um, to have that community of people um, coming together in in a way that couldn't really be possible if we weren't doing this online. So it's you know the world has changed but it's been interesting connecting people together in that way. Mm -hmm. So you've mentioned it, uh, you know, uh, throughout your, your introductions, but if you could tell our listeners exactly what Roots to Revolution is, if you want to expand upon your, your mission, you mentioned adult learning, online courses, but what exactly are you offering? Roots to Revolution, our vision is to use history as a tool to foster sustainable and intentional activism against systemic racism. And we do that by teaching people to unlearn the dominant master whitewash narrative that they've been taught. We work to build this connection, all of our classes online, because we believe in the importance of building community. So our students range from 20 to 72, and they join us each week for 90 minutes on Zoom. And they prepare for class with a series of readings. And our courses are rooted in discussion. And that's what makes us different. We work to connect history to people's personal lives and their experiences. So we don't just learn who from our past advocated for reparations, but we also ask our students to examine if they would support them and what political action that they would need to take for us to get there. Well, so I have some follow-up questions. So, sure. so just because I want to make sure that this is crystal clear to um, to our audience, because I think there's a huge overlap. It sounds like there's a huge overlap between um, the types of folks that you are sort of um, hoping will sign up for this class and who it's sort of targeted for, and our listeners. So, who who is this for, and and you know why is it? needed? You mentioned sort of whitewash history. Um, I assume that's part of this, but, but who is it for? And, and is it just to, un, is it to undo everything that folks learned or re-educate them? Or is it to serve in place of what other folks are learning currently, younger people in school? What do you, what do you envision? Yeah. So to give you a quick history about the, his, uh, the way hi history has been taught in America. Um, so American history across the country is not standardized in education. So every single state gets to decide what content is taught. And because of the way one teaches history, it will lead to different political uh, outcomes. Right. So there is a lot of political incentive um, for people not to teach black history, because if we learned black history um, the way it truthfully happened, um, we would not have the hate that we're seeing in this country right now. Um, and so a lot of people actively work to suppress that history from us. Um, and so, you know, we are working to make sure that people know that story. Um, and so many Americans don't recognize that black Americans are the hero of not only their own story, but of all of our stories, all the democratic change that has happened in 
in America has been driven by black people, um, especially black women. Um, and so we want people to recognize that and, and to understand that. And we, and we think that if people can start to understand that, to start to grapple with that, um, that all of us can heal from the trauma, right? Whether that's the trauma of being a black American and watching people be killed and murdered and, and living in fear, or whether it's the trauma of being a white American and being witness to that, um, we all need to heal. And in order to heal, we need to reconcile with our past. And so we are here for people who want to do that, um, for people who are looking for growth, um, for looking for reconciliation, looking for relationships to help them build themselves in their activism, right? We, we, this is really hard work. Um, and learning this history is, is dark. America was founded on two genocides, the genocides of indigenous people and the genocide of Africans who were taken in the slave trade, right? This is not light history when you learn it correctly. Um, and so we, we care about bringing some levity to it through community, right? And we, we believe that we have to be in a community to be sustainable activists because we can't do this alone. Um, we're not going to make structural changes in America to systemic racism if we don't have people in it together. Um, and so our students are really anyone, anyone who wants to make change, anyone who wants to grow. And we believe in being vulnerable. We're very honest about our missteps as activists um, and where we've grown and where we need to grow. And we ask our students to do the same thing, right? To admit where they've been racist in the past, to admit where they've been a part of white supremacist structures and how they need to be a part of dismantling it. So, you know, we're, we're all about honesty. We're all about love and um, we're all about compassion. Yeah. I think just to add on to what Jillian was saying, what really like fuels our mission is certainly our values. And Jillian was mentioning um, the joy, you know, we're trying to bring some lightness to dark history. Um, and, and certainly Jillian also mentioned growth. Um, you know, we're all high school educators. That's sort of our background. So we fundamentally believe in the capacity for change. Um, and so we also, you know, with our growth mindset approach, we want to focus on helping people flex and strengthen these muscles um, that is anti-racism because it has to be a constant, you know, consistent, intentional practice. Um, and so we want to make sure that people understand you'll make mistakes along the way. Certainly, that's the only way that you're going to grow. And so we hope that they feel comfortable in doing that in our environments. Um, and Julian also mentioned community. We think it's really important to support people in this work um, with uh, a network of individuals who are working towards the same thing that they can connect with each week. So we have these things called action party groups um, that are created by uh, identifying what is your role? Are you a builder? Are you a storyteller? Are you a weaver? Um, coming from the social change mapping framework. And they meet together every week, talk about the work that they're doing, build that connection, um, and be there for each other um, in this journey of, of healing and also of learning. So I think that's also what really drives um, the work we're doing. And that's what we want people to be down with, that they're going to join our party. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in a pandemic. People are learning. Their kids are learning from home and taking classes from home um, and everyone is sort of, despite being sort of homebodies, sort of being sort of filled to the brim with all of our responsibilities, it seems. Um, so sort of what's, let's get down to it. What is the time commitment here? How much, <laughs> uh, how often does, do these classes meet? Are there, you know, um, how do you, what, what do you envision for that? And how has it, how has it been going so far? 
So activism is an everyday thing, right? You have to be intentional about bringing change to the world. So our Zoom classes are 90 minutes a week. And I would say the readings range from about 90 minutes to two hours. And they could be a mixture of readings or um, audio. So it's, it's, a, it's definitely a mix. Um, but it's, the, it's that intentionality piece. So every day you have to be intentional about the change that you want to bring and really thinking about, I'm listening to this historical piece today. How am I going to bring what I am learning into my everyday life? How am I going to take what I am learning and make a different change and make myself better for the people around me, for my community? We like to say, you know, you exercise for um, an hour every day. I need you to commit an hour every day to anti-racism. A big thing we focus on is helping people find their lane in anti-racism. So we're big believers that everyone has a gift and everyone has something that brings them joy. And you need to find how that gift is going to propel anti-racism. So, for example, we had a student who graphic designer. And she was really overwhelmed. She was saying, you know, I'm doing all this protesting. I'm going to all these events and I, I'm having a hard time with my job. And we talked to her and we said, well, why don't you're, you're gifted at graphic design? Why don't you graphic design for free for women of color running for office or for social justice organizations that are fighting for Black Lives Matter and need the support? And it helped her find her way without feeling like she had extra things to do. Um, and so what we want people to think about is how do you incorporate anti-racism into your life in a way that is meaningful, in a way that you enjoy, um, and that just becomes a part of who you are, as opposed to looking at it as like, I have to foam it, or I have to go to this protest and I have this extra task, um, because then it's not going to be sustainable, and then it's not going to become a part of who you are, and we need, we need everyone to embody this if we're going to make change. So I can only imagine what some of your courses are like and some of the conversations that you have in your in your 90-minute classes. Could you could you talk about some of the um well one some in general some examples of history that have been whitewashed and and then on top of that what are some moments that you've had in your classes that are uh, I like to call them come to Jesus moments for your <laughs> for your students where they're shocked, where they're shocked to unlearn some of these, uh, quote, historical facts that we've all learned, you know, in high school and in, in uh, college and and things like that. Can you talk about some of those moments and in general, um, some examples in history that have been just completely whitewashed? I think that our students really they have so many aha moments, right? Whether it's the um, older person in our course who's learning for the first time to name their pronouns um, or the younger person in the course who's listening to that 60-year-old person talk about their experience living through the civil rights movement, right? There's just so much value in us having different people um, across communities and across lines of difference. Um, I think one thing, though, it's specific that people... Um, are always shocked by is how little they know about the power of Black women. Um, we always name our courses after a powerful Black woman, um, Angela Davis, Shirley Chisholm, Polly Murray, to, be, to a few examples. And the first assignment people have to do is, is look up what these women did for civil rights. And they're always blown away 
um, by how little they knew about what black women have contributed to this country. And I think they're also, to the same extent, blown away by how much white women have played a role in um, destroying this country. I think a lot of times people put the ownership of white supremacy onto men and they don't recognize that white women are the reason why um, we've retold the Civil War in um, a fake narrative. Um, the Daughters of the Confederacy are the reason why we have the Lost Cause narrative. These are all elite, um, well-educated white Southern women um, and also liberal white women, right? Margaret Sanger was a eugenicist and she started Planned Parenthood, but at the same time um, had ties to the KKK. And I think that people are really shocked that um, some of the people that they hold, hold up as heroes, right, uh, whether that be Margaret Sanger or um, Abraham Lincoln or Susan B. Anthony, have a far more complicated and nuanced history. Um, and that's what we really try to push people to think about, is that history is nuanced, complicated, that these people were human beings that were very complex and that we can't just look at them as heroes or villains, right? They're, they're historical actors. And I think the biggest thing that we want people to um, walk away from this course understanding is that politicians aren't the ones who make the change in America by themselves, right? Lincoln was not an abolitionist. Lincoln freed people because they freed themselves, right? Black men joined the Union Army and fought for their own freedom. That is how they became free. And so I think we have to recognize and learn from that, that we are the ones we've been waiting for, right, as so to speak, right, that we are the ones who are going to be the, the people who fix this country, right? It's not going to be any savior, any politician, right? It's, it's going to be us. Um, and so that's what we really hope that people come away with realizing. Killian, I think that, I think... So I have to disagree with you just because I know that Trump is going to fix the country. And so. <laughs> and editing that out. Right. It's like, Our... leave that in. <laughs> he already has, Jonathan. <laughs> Sorry, I cut someone off. Oh, no, that's okay. That was a really important ad. <laughs> Thank you. No, no, no. Thank you so much for acknowledging that. <laughs> I think the other uh, theme that I, I've seen come out in folks' realizations um, is just that so much of the inequity that we're still grappling with today is by design. Um, um, I think just last night we were talking about the New Deal and, and a student was talking about how she always thought about the New Deal as this amazing heroic effort that just brought such wealth, right, and support to all Americans. Um, and that's just one example, but I think in general, like realizing that so much of uh, the systems and policies um, and legislation that we've had in this country have been intentionally um, to suppress black people and to just support white privilege. Um, and so when we start to look at the ways that this was done by design, with intention, with purpose, um, folks can start to make connections with today, current society, current issues. And that's really where we hope um, there's a springboard for their own activism. So when you, uh, for these online courses, uh, you, I would imagine that you, the three of you aren't teaching all of them yourselves. If you are, that's amazing. Uh, <laughs> kudos to the three of you. Um, but uh, can you tell us about how you find folks to uh, teach different classes? Well, <laughs> that's a great question. Um the first time around, we 
taught each of the courses ourselves. Plus, we had two extra facilitators that Jillian had worked with. So it was word of mouth. Two amazing women as well. So it does get pretty tough, but I think um, what makes it work so well is just the chemistry that we all have with each other and the fact that we're just so open to bouncing ideas off of each other. So we sit down for our planning meetings a week or two in advance of the lesson that we're about to teach. And we think of an essential question and we break down what we want our students to get out of that lesson, how we want them to implement that action for that week and how it's going to be beneficial to them. So we work from that point and we work our way backwards. And I think we really want to focus on people who are activists, right? It's not just about the history. It's about how do you translate that history into activism? And so all the people that we've recruited to be facilitators um, deeply believe in that and all come from diverse backgrounds. So we we want people to see themselves in their teachers, right? You, you need to, be, if you want to be an activist, you need to see yourself in someone who's already doing it, right? So for our upcoming Mad Men class, extraordinary male facilitators, Jonathan being one of them. Um, it's a male space, so we we want other men to feel that kind of connection in that in that community, right? So we're trying to get people who, you know, come from all different ways of life um, and and places to to add those experiences to it. And I think, you know, unfortunately, because America is so segregated, for some of our students this is the first time they've ever had a black woman teach them. Right. And I think that um, it's so vital that our students hear black people tell the story of black history um, and that we don't have history is such a dominated uh, field. It's so dominated by white men. You guys really must've been scraping the bottom of the barrel. If Jonathan's <laughs> teaching your class coming up. Wow. So, I mean, wow. I guess good luck to those students. Wow. Well, it's April, we have a really good training program, so don't wow. worry. Wow. I, I, this is <laughs> just, like, I'm hanging up now. This is absolutely <laughs> just <Come> violence. <laughs> I mean, if we can teach, you know, uh, teenagers, we could teach Jonathan to teach, too. There <laughs> you true. go. This That's is great. True. That's this is, I'm enjoying this. I really am. <laughs> No, we're really, I mean, we're blessed to have Jonathan, truly. <laughs> Jonathan, you don't necessarily have a history or um, a background in teaching, and I imagine some of your other teachers don't as well. Do you find that most of your your um, teachers do have a history in, in education? Yeah, most of our teachers do, and I think, you know, that that is a benefit because I think sometimes people take classes and it's not very interesting, right? So we, we are very focused on pedagogical approaches that will help um, our students learn well and stay engaged. So many of our students have had negative experiences with history education, and that's why they don't like it. And so we really have worked on making our classes interactive and engaging so that um, they're excited about learning the material. But I can also say from experience with Jonathan in my class last night, like, in the spirit of being inclusive um, in our class community with our students, we also definitely want to have educators and teachers that are coming into Roots Revolution with, you know, a wide variety of uh, professional experiences. So Jonathan was able to chime in so much last night and share, you know, blogs that he's written on these topics and his own personal experience, which is so valuable. And I think um, the more that we can integrate 
different um, individuals who are not just teachers, the more accessible and relevant and engaging our classes will be, given that a lot of people in, uh, a lot of our students are not actually people that have been students in a long time. And so things that, you know, non-educators are saying to them as their teachers are really going to land with them. What we're trying to do is to make history accessible, right? We want people to be able to digest this in a way that they can comprehend and make sense of. Um, and so we all, we really are looking for, you know, facilitators who are relatable, who can, who can take this and, and help people really grapple with something that's extremely complex and, and harmful and hard to hear. One point I'll just add, my class, uh, the Mad Men class will be, uh, I'm co-teaching it. Um, so I'm co-teaching it with someone who does have um, the professional history as an educator, um, formal, formally an educator. I feel like I'm an educator in other ways, but never in the classroom setting. And so to the extent that there, our listeners are listening, you know, and they're thinking, you know, it, it'd be fun to take a class with an activist, but it is you know, you still want to learn and you still want to have a, a, a pedagogical sort of approach about the actual substantive history that we're learning and not just the sort of on the ground work and the way that it applies. Um, you guys have paired up the the instructors really well, I think. And um, so that's just something I think that should be noted. And we also really try to pair up instructors with different racial identities, right? So Jonathan's um, co-facilitator is a white man and he also has like not only been an educator but worked on desegregation policy in New York City. Um, and so we really try to make sure that there's representation um, because we want people to hear um, black history from black people, but at the same time, we also don't want to put the burden on black people to teach that history. And so as a white woman, I feel very strongly about making sure that I field some of those difficult questions that people have that, you know, could be harmful um, to my colleagues that are black. And I just want to, you know, I think that it's important for our students to have someone um, to show them how to model that, right? How to be an, a real like partner in the work um, with someone and that they they can see themselves in, in the facilitators. This is also a great opportunity for people to network like this is a that's one thing that struck me last night on our mm-hmm. on our class is just like this room full of faces many of whom are probably in the same cities as one another um it just struck me as like these are people i'd want to stay in touch with yeah jonathan totally i mean i think it goes back to our value of community so um i think networking or just like you know building connections um with people that can serve as like your activism buddies <laughs> i don't know like right. yeah Yes, yeah. because I think you don't want people to experience burnout when it, when it comes to activism, because that's when the work stops. So with these action party groups this time around, because this is the first time we've done it, and this is really helping with their growth. And that's what this is about. You want to grow as a person, you want to grow in your activism, and you want to take this from Zoom, but into the real world. Yeah, we were pretty excited because one of our students from our first class had a reunion party after the class is over. Yeah, that's awesome. And, uh, you know, we've noticed, you know, it's a great accountability for each other too. We've noticed that like when someone notices that their action party group member is absent, they email them, where were you? I missed you. Why weren't you in class? Right. So I think um, it, it definitely is helpful. And and I think that if we're going to make change across the country, we need, we need partners in it. Um, and so it's definitely networking. It's, it's definitely friendships. Um, you know, because we have to have fun too, right? I think uh, you can't 
you can't do all this heavy work if you don't laugh a little and you don't make meaningful relationships. And so we do <laughs> oh believe gosh, in doing that. <laughs> Sometimes I dress up as historical figures too. You know, that'll happen once in a while. <laughs> so this, this last question here, I think our listeners will be very eager for us to ask this. Where can and how can folks sign up for classes? Um, uh, can you talk about how much uh, it may cost? Is there um, financial aid that people can apply for? How can um, how can people be a part of Roots to Revolution? Yeah, so people can sign up on uh, rootstorevolution.org and they can follow us on Instagram at Roots to Revolution. Um, we're starting opening registration the week of September 21st and we're super excited to be launching three courses um, starting October 5th. Um, we request uh, a tuition of $150, but we believe that um, education should be accessible to everybody. So if anyone has any financial constraints, we understand right now with the economic crisis that's happening in this country, many people might not be able to afford that. And so we are happy to meet that need. So people can just fill out a form letting us know they have financial um, aid requirements and, and then that's it. We just let you in the class. And what has been beautiful about our community is there even are some people who have donated $600 to us um, with the idea that they want to pay it forward to someone else, right? And we couldn't do this if it weren't for people like that who've been so incredibly um, generous to us. And, you know, we're, we're just so grateful for all the support we received. Um, but yeah, we, you know, we kind of say like a, a spin class costs around like $37 and ours costs about 25 um, <laughs> per session for all this knowledge. So that's kind of how we like figured out the amount, um, hoping that it's not too much of a burden for people financially to be a part of our group. Great. So that makes a lot of sense. And I'm happy that you all are making it accessible to folks, especially during this time. I'm so excited to work with you all, and I cannot uh, wait to get going. So Jillian, Kat, Kim of Roots to Revolution, one more time, I will thank you for joining us here today. Thank you so much. We're so grateful to you and the work you do as well. This episode of Black Ann was produced by us, April and Jonathan Perkins. It was edited by me, and our music is by Fifth Child. You can find more of his work at fifthchildmusic.com. That's number five, fifthchildmusic.com. You can find Black Ann wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like what you heard today, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Also, be sure to tell your friends. And until next time, be mindful, be vigilant, and, and keep, keep asking, asking questions. questions.